0: Hi sister, welcome to Women's Collective Consciousness Podcast. I'm Riden Febrianti, or most people call me Rie. I'm your host for this podcast, also founder of Women's Collective Consciousness, a mother, menstrual cycle coach, yoga teacher, and Pilates instructor based in Melbourne, Australia. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the tradition, Custodian of the Land, where I record this podcast. I pay my respect to the elders past, present, and future. I also like to acknowledge to everyone who is listening to this podcast. This podcast is all about remembering, relearning, reconnecting, and reclaiming the power of the wisdom as a woman and the magic as a cyclical being. We will unpacking the conversation around women's cycle, health, wellness, and well-being. Today, we have really powerful conversation with my dearest friend, Paige Taylor. She's a yoga teacher, a euphatic practitioner, also a co-founder of Omsom Yoga, based in Berwick. This is really juicy conversation, sister. Let's dig in. Hi, Paige.
1: Hi, Ruben. How are you? I'm doing really well thank you how are you doing today? Good thanks I'm That's really good. excited for this
0: thank you so much for jumping into our conversation today it's going to be really juicy absolutely I can't wait to share mm-hmm. all righty before we begin I would like to do some cycle check-in so mm-hmm. what day are you in your cycle today and if you are not um cycling anymore what phase of you you are in
1: your cycle of a womanhood Mm, powerful question i am in around day 13 so i don't i count the period at the end of the cycle i don't know if you do the same or it's the opposite um but so my first day of my cycle the First day after my period. Um, so I'm about day 13. So I'm kind of like at the tail end of ov- ovulatory phase and moving into luteal. Uh, so my menzies is due in about 10 days now. Mm,
0: mm. It's so powerful and it's so amazing how so many women have different. Um, how they're doing their own cycle check in and how they counting their menstrual cycle, right? Absolutely. Mm, well I am on my diet 18. I think, uh, actually counting my menstrual cycle from the first day where I cool. start to bleed. So, so I'm really in my ovulation at the moment. Mm-hmm. Power, 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 power awesome all the fire on
1: (laughs) amazing I love I love this question and I know especially for me as like a yoga teacher I wish that I could ask every student every time that I see them, like what phase of your cycle are you in so that I know like what the energy is like. I know what you can and can't do. And it's yeah, it's such a beautiful question. So I love that that's the first question of your, your podcast to really bring awareness to that question. And it's common to ask. And it's even more powerful to ask that to people who don't track their cycle so that you can actually um, you know, start to raise awareness in that way.
0: Mm, mm, totally, totally. Yeah. I actually start to ask my clients that way. Sometimes I just ask when they are really having that low energy, when, especially because I'm teaching a reformer class, um, most of the time this dying, and then I can just feel it when the energy is very low, and then I said, what day are you on oh I'm just bleeding or you know like I'm due for my bleeding So mm-hmm. you know, my client is like really comfortable talking about it and I was awesome
1: yeah. that's so great
0: mm-hmm. all right let's move on so can you please tell to the listeners a little bit about you and then what do you do what I know we are you know you are, you're yoga teacher and then what else there is something exciting about this conversation that mm-hmm. I want you to share
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds good. Well, yeah, my name is Paige Taylor and I um, co-run a business in Berwick, Victoria with my beautiful partner, Aaron. Um, it's called Omsom Yoga and Ayurveda. So there's so much to what we offer here. Um, public classes, like I kind of alluded to as, as a yoga teacher, teaching Hatha Yoga and Yin Yoga. Um, but also we have that Ayurveda component. Um, so I'm a qualified Ayurvedic health consultant and I also do Ayurvedic treatments as well. And I guess, you know, if you are not sure about what Ayurveda is, Ayurveda really is the sister science or one of the sister sciences to yoga. It comes from ancient India and is one of the Upadatus so it, um, Upavedas, sorry. So it comes kind of like uh, secondary to the Vedas that we know um, are really the epitome of, of yoga. Um, and so the sister science of yoga ayurveda really is this science or this wisdom of life of nature so we look at everything through a holistic health lens so we look at things like the physical body the mental body the emotional body the spiritual body the the wisdom body of, of the mind and in consultations in ayurveda in workshops we work with creating different lifestyle practices different food practices different, you know, yoga practices, all these different things that will support your own unique state of health and vibrancy. And that's kind of the the main thing that underpins Ayurveda is that we understand that it's not a one size fits all. And that's that's kind of like the epitome of holistic health, is that we have to look at each individual person as an individual and we have to understand that their state of health is going to be completely different to the person next to them and then the person next to them as well. Um, and from that understanding, we can start to really yeah, I guess understand the importance of unique and tailored individual practices and that, you know, why somebody eating a specific diet is not going to be the same for somebody else or somebody that gets up at 6 a.m. in the morning is going to feel great for some people and not so great for others. Um, So it's a really, really powerful and empowering system of holistic health that I think just meshes so seamlessly with yoga
0: this is really beautiful uh, personally i love ayurveda it's just um you know it's just so beautiful so you know how perhaps many listeners has this come to cross into ayurveda and in most of i think very common in ayurveda they talk about dosha uh-huh about the imbalance Can you tell a little bit about that imbalance? Absolutely,
1: yeah, perfect. Well, the dosha, there is three doshas, and dosha literally means impurity or fault. Um, And so, basically, there's three doshas, and they're comprised of the five elements or the Panchamahabutas. So we've got earth element, water element, fire element, air element, and ether, the space element. And so basically, these three doshas kind of are comprised of these elements in different ways. Kapha dosha comes from um, mainly earth and water. Pitta dosha comes from fire and water. But I know that sounds contraindicatory, but it's more like the oil. It's kind of like the oil that fuels the fire, not the water that puts out the fire. And then vata comes from air and ether. And so basically, each of us as individuals have all three doshas within us at all times. And That's just the same as how we all are comprised of the five elements. But it's the unique ratio of these doshas that makes us unique as individuals. And so that's kind of what we start to talk about when we talk about the idea of prakriti and vikriti. And so these two concepts speak to our own unique state of balance. And usually there's one or two doshas that are most predominant in each of Us Sometimes people are tridoshic, meaning they have equal parts of vata, pitta, and kapha. But for most people, there's a predominance of of one or the two. And so what that means is that while we have more of this dosha within our body, within our mind, within our experience, most commonly, it's also the dosha that goes out of balance the most easy. And kind of that's what we start to talk about when we talk about, oh, what's my dosha? Like my dosha is this um and so it's something that we always have to understand is always changing and always moving um that nothing in this in this world is always static and it kind of comes down to almost like an attachment we don't want to attach too much to these doshas that you know we start to make excuses for our personality trait you know like oh well i love spicy food because i'm a pitta you know what i mean (laughs) and it's like for sure that makes sense but that doesn't mean that you have to eat that way for the rest of your life if it's causing you you know acid reflux and loose stools okay (laughs) um so it's so it's so important that we we kind of take a really big open mind with this stuff and it's so powerful and so empowering to learn about your doja and learn about your own unique state of health so that you know your tendencies where you tend to fall out of balance the most, what triggers you the most, but so that from that place you can continue making empowered decisions that move you on the path towards health. Mm, mm,
0: that's so beautiful. And then talking about spicy food, let's me. <laughs> I know
1: that's why I used that example. I was like, oh, I've got to use a ruin example. <laughs> it's funny enough that I actually stopped eating spicy food cool well not stop yeah. stop <laughs> yeah. reduced <laughs> but, yeah
0: reduced a lot like so i really feel that um also it's affecting my state of mind just mm-hmm. by consciously reduced lots of stuff so
1: cool.
0: yeah what have you ever considered i know the dosha is like our imbalance and in in, yeah. in in the i think in the yoga world when you met other yogis it's just like what is your dosha what's your dosha right but we're Mm -hmm. actually talking about what is your imbalance state of Uh life right um Mm -hmm. have you ever considered that because you mentioned the dosha is always changing as a woman have you ever considered our sure dosha is changing in different phase of our cycle.
1: Absolutely. Um and yeah, we, we can do you want me to chat about it now. We can go into that a little yeah, bit now for sure. sure. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, It the thing is with dosha is that, like we kind of said, that the dosha is always changing. And so different doshas are more prominent within different stages of your life. So, you know, in childhood, in teen years, kapha dosha is usually quite predominant because we're kind of like, you know, you know, babies, they're like chubby and they're like slobbery and snotty, like that's kapha, like earth and water, right? Um, and then as we move into, you know, early adulthood through our 20s, 30s, 40s, early 50s, we start to move into that pitta. Time of life, which is all about fire. It's all about go, 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 getting your career sorted, getting your family sorted, basically doing what you've been put on this earth to do. And then as we move into our 50s, our 60s and our older years, we move into that vata stage of life, a little more subtle, a little bit more, you know, not so driven, but more just like relishing in, in the subtle practices and the connection and the sharing of wisdom that you've gained. And so, not only do we have those stages of life, but they also occur in our seasons as well. And, like you said, especially the seasons of being a woman. So, I guess to kind of explore it, we look at kapha dosha as the kind of the first stage of the cycle after menstruation. So, once the bleed has finished, then we start to move into that follicular growing of of the endometrium and the uh, lining of the uterus. That is kapha by nature it's thickening there's you know it's a bit more mucusy it's growing it's evolving it's building that is kapha dosha so in those times of our cycle it can be really helpful to create your movement practice you know get things moving eating a little bit lighter because kapha is quite dense and heavy by nature and then as we move towards ovulation that is the time of pitta you know that's kind of what you were speaking to of um of your ovulatory phase is fire, fire, fire. You can go, go, go. You can do all the things. Um, It's a very, I guess, outward stage of of the cycle. And that's really Pitta. It's just about getting the things done that you need to done and having the charisma and the the social power um, to put yourself out there and to do all the things. And then as we start to move towards menstruation into the luteal phase, that's when vata starts to rise. And so it's interesting because there's technically four stages of the cycle in the menstrual world, but there's only three doshas. So it's all about the transitions, right? There's never, on this day, it changes to vata. It's just like it slowly goes from pitta down to vata. And so in the vata stage, it's time to slow down. You know, that's the time where symptoms may start to arise for a lot of people or you feel the call to move inwards a little bit more slow down grounding practices warm well-cooked foods sense of retreating a sense of you know dedicating more time for yourself and your inward experience mm,
0: mm, I love that um it is it's beautiful to looking at that way. well I got my own perspective because I'm looking my cycle from the die first big bleed is die one mm-hmm. so i think for me it's more like the earth element it's more into the, that die one kind of mm-hmm. things and then yes i was so agree with the transition after um the period or the bleeding has finished that is when it's still in the earth kind of scenario but mm-hmm. and then it's got that little water elements into mm-hmm. it because it's yeah, beautiful boy And then, from the ovulation all the way, um, for me personally, all the way until die 22, that's when Mm -hmm. the fire is just there Mm -hmm. and it's going down again back into, you know, like the state of turning in into the cocoon and then, yeah, back into that earth element and water element. So, yeah, and then obviously... It's funny enough, I think during the pre ovulation, that's also got that element of earth, water, fire, air. air. air, air, air. (laughs) (laughs) The air, because it's so. It's so easy to cope with the work, right? Like, okay, yeah. my bleeding has finished, so now it's time to go, 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 and then fire, like you want to fire everything up. But the thing is, if you are not transitioning smoothly from the earth and then just moving all the way up to the air, what happens usually that the burn out in ovulation. So, yeah, yeah just looking at it in a holistic way, like you know, you in ayurvedic. Um, you probably already know it's so many like things and practice that you can incorporate during your cycle and it's come with time it's come with practice um with everything right Mm. so yeah and just seeing it in different perspective it's so beautiful absolutely Mm. So all right, let's moving on on to our next question page. What do you do in this work to support the collective consciousness amongst women?
1: Mm, I love this question as well. I think that there's so much that I do. Um, the first and foremost, maybe the most um obvious, but uh, also also not is just provide a safe space like at, at the studio that That's really what we uh, strive for is just providing a safe space where anyone, but especially women, um, don't feel the urge to dress up to have the fanciest Lululemon leggings and you know the makeup and all that kind of stuff that. You know, there's a space where you can come completely as you are completely in all your seasons, your experiences, and just be and just feel into your experience. Um, so I think that's one of the most powerful things that I offer um within this community space is yeah, just a space for women to come and, and to gather. Um, and then I also offer the Ayurvedic treatments and I was really pondering this question and I was like, you know, well, I do this and I do that, but really like the depth of what I offer, especially in the, in the treatments is this cocoon almost of self nurturance and and nourishment that I think a lot of women struggle to take the time out of their life for that. I was speaking about this in a class that I was teaching last night that, you know, whenever you commit to do something for yourself and whether that's a massage or a yoga class or something like that, you really have to consider all of the things that you had to sacrifice to get yourself there. Like the money that you had to pay, you know, the time that you're not spending with your loved ones, you know, the scheduling and the looking after of the kids or looking after the family that, you know, there's so much that you have to sacrifice as a person, but mostly as a, as a woman to get you into the places where you can, you know, be nourished or be held by somebody else. And so that's what I really try to offer in my Ayurvedic treatments. And most of the time, about 95% of the time, I only work with women um, because that's how I feel called to share is, you know, I really want to have women's bodies in my room so that I can nourish them and I can, you know, offer, you know, deep, beautiful massage and and other treatments that work specifically with any kind of like injuries or health conditions that I guess it's just it's not something that we we are lucky enough to um take for ourselves that often
0: mm, 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 safe space yeah. loving it yeah I mean like I personally love your, massage. <laughs> your treatment. Yeah. and, and yeah. you're so beautiful yeah and then it's it's funny enough in this modern world, I guess, when we took times out from our families, children, and all this busy world, and then, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, going to treatment or having massage or going to yoga class, you know, that the guilty feeling.
1: Yeah. It's
0: huge because you yeah. feel like, oh, no, I'm going to spend an hour without my kid. And then... You know like it's feel like abandon them but it's not you you don't abandon no one but By not doing that, not Mm -hmm. scheduling that, you're actually abandoning
1: yourself. So Absolutely. And you know, you have to be able to nourish yourself and you have to be able to support yourself in order to support others. And I just think that's, yeah, one of the most powerful things that I've learned as a a woman and especially as a business owner. Um, And I'm sure you know when you're offering all these classes, whether it's yoga or Pilates, you know, you're investing so much of yourself into these other people that it's just so crucial that you feel your own up and nourish your own self um so that you actually have something to give
0: Mm -hmm, totally yeah i actually a huge fan of self-care so i have to like i have my own daily meditation practice which is like i don't care i will wake up five a.m. in the morning yeah so i can have that at least half an hour or an hour before i go to teach class because beautiful sometime you know like well, as a yoga teacher, is not that bad, but to mm. teach Pilates like five to, well, not five, maybe four to six classes yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's
1: a lot. Back to back. Yeah, I couldn't it, even imagine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. The first time was like, ow, you know, like from transition from teaching yoga, my oh, max was double class. And then when Pilates was like four to six hours there, and it was like, Oh my god! This is—it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. Like, it's most often I go to my Cairo just to unlock my jaw. I was like again. i was mm. like, well,
1: that's I talk like, for a living, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's also having fun, you know. Like, I yeah, I really love it. Um, but yeah, self care is really really important because otherwise you can't take care of yourself I and mean, then how can you take care of other people how can i take care of my kid my family and, and you mm. know like show up to clients uh in mm. that way so yeah self-care
1: woohoo love self-care
0: mm. so let's move on how important do you think women's need to apply ayurveda in their life and why
1: mm. Mm, I think that it's so innate to women and to everyone, all of nature. Um, But I think Ayurveda is one of the most powerful tools and practices that we can use as women because the whole idea of it, especially like the work that I do, is empowering clients or students or women that I work with With the knowledge that they need to make the changes, to make the lifestyle practices work, to make the food practices work so that they can actually nourish their own unique state of health. And I know that there's so many people out there in the health industry that are ready to make a quick buck and I guess are... almost make their clients like reliant on them. Like, you know, well, you go and do this and then you come back to me in a month and I'll I'll see you every month for the rest of your life. Um, and Ayurveda just isn't really like that. It's all about like empowering us with the knowledge that we need to continue on this path towards health. And I think it's just, it's so crucial as women that we understand Ayurveda because all Ayurveda is, is understanding nature and working with nature. The same way that we look at the menstrual cycle and moving with the energy of the menstrual cycle that's what Ayurveda is but for our entire life like learning how to move with the flow of the seasons learning how to move with the flow of the day learning how to move with our flow of stage of life and so on and so on that you know it's all about listening and and remembering so that you can move yourself towards a state of health and one of the biggest pieces of advice that um, I love to share when I work with um, people is that most of the time, Ayurveda is so simple and also so intuitive. And there's like a you know, little practice that you can do. And basically you just sit down and there's this concept of Yoga and V-yoga. And so we look at yoga as this state of union, this state of connection between us and our highest, most authentic expression of self. And so Yoga is all of the things, all of the actions, all of the things that we do that move us in the direction of that state of yoga, in that state of deep presence and connection with ourself. And then V-yoga is all the things that we do, all the actions that we take, all the words that we speak that move us away from that state of yoga. And so we can break it down so simply into this idea of some yoga and V-yoga. And I do it a lot with people I work with before we start anything in Ayurveda, I get them to create a list of all the things that they already do or the things they know they should do that will move them towards that state of health via some yoga, that which connects us to that state of union, and then write a list of all the things that they do um, that they know pulls them away from that, all the things that they know that don't serve them or don't move them towards a state of health. and usually most of the time all the answers already lay within those answers and already lay within the person because sometimes you just need to pay somebody a hundred bucks to get them to tell you the same thing that you already know and you'll do it and that's just how it works sometimes Um, but that's that's the beauty of Ayurveda is that it's so innate and it's not something that you know you have to learn it's something that you remember and that we have the ability to make sense of it all and i think that's my favorite thing about ayurveda is everything i learn i'm just like it just makes sense you know like like i said if you if you suffer from acid reflux or if you suffer from you know hot burning stools or ulcers in the stomach or something like that we know the fire element's too high so just cut down the spicy food you know cut down on the competitive um, fiery sports and all that kind of stuff like it's very intuitive and the more that we just connect to ourselves and how we feel and experience Things, the easier it becomes to make lifestyle, food, practice adjustments to suit that.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Everything we need to know is a rely on us. We just need to remember. Oh, so that's powerful. So, what do you think? Is there any tips for the listeners to do like what they can do right now to Mm. apply Ayurveda in their life? What is like Mm. the best tips that you like to say?
1: I think that um, the first thing is doing a bit of a live audit with that some yoga and V yoga, just like really highlight what are the things that you do or you know, you feel that you should be doing that move you in that direction of health. And what are the things that don't? Because. I think it's so easy to trip ourselves up and continually to do the things that are not so great for us when we don't shine our awareness on it. But as soon as you kind of bring consciousness to those habits that are maybe not serving us and also the habits that are serving us, it makes it a lot easier to make the conscious decisions and the choices in each moment to move yourself towards the state of health um and then the other main tip is just like observe the crap out of yourself like observe what you eat how do you feel when you eat that observe like the poo that you you do in the morning what time do you do it this is all about ayurveda right um observe how you feel after certain practices observe how you feel through different areas of your cycle it's ayurveda like the the pinnacle of ayurveda is understanding cause and effect so we understand The cause, what we are doing, whether it's we're eating spicy foods, whether it's we're doing blah, blah, blah. And then we understand the effects of it. So, oh, well, I eat spicy foods, now I have acid reflux. And so then the more that you are aware of that stuff, especially the stuff that's not so nourishing for you, the easier it becomes to make the empowered choice not to do it. Because it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to eat this spicy food, I'm going to have acid reflux. And there's two options there. First option is no, I really want this spicy food right now. And I'm 100% okay with dealing with this consequence afterwards. So I'm going to eat it. And that's okay because you understand the cause and effect. Like you're actively knowing what's happening. And the other option is actually, you know, I have a really important date tonight and I don't want to experience acid reflux tonight. So I'm going to skip on the spicy food today, but maybe in a couple of days, I'll reconsider. And so it's all about just understanding cause and effect. So the more you can observe your body your mind and your experience in everyday life the more empowered understanding and embodied knowledge you will have that will move you towards a state of health
0: Mm, mm, I love that and then I just want to share a little bit here now that I cut down because obviously as Indonesian yeah oh my gosh (laughs) You don't want to know how much you don't want to know how much chill that I have eaten in my whole life. Yeah. But now that I have implied the practice of menstrual cycle awareness as well mm-hmm. as every other teaching that I have implied, I start to notice I can actually tolerate spicy food more during my premenstrual awesome. and in my uh, menstrual phase. Okay. But awesome. other than that, it's like no, 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 no. It's like. Mm-hmm especially in ovulation, my fire is already way Sometimes. too much. So I don't want to add anything on it. Yeah so that's if, awesome. Yeah. It's it's come with practice, right?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's just practice. It's just trial and error, trial and error, baby.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I think when we we're doing the training with Aaron a few years back, if mm-hmm. and then you guys talking about like cut down of chili. And then I was like looking at you guys I was like what the heck are you talking about? Don't you dare
1: touch my (laughs) chili! And I think that's important. Like you have to understand that so many different... uh, genetics, you know, are based on different dosha. Like I would probably consider a lot of Indonesian people to have, you know, predominance in in pitta and kapha, Um, because that's just, you know, the climate that they're brought up in. It's the food that they're eating. Like it's very natural. And you know, my like Scottish based background, like could, probably can't tolerate as much chili as you because. I'm quite pitta as well, but I we just have different different makeups. So it's it's always interesting to then start to understand and view like different dosha in terms of like different parts of the world and how it all interplays and interfects as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting I'll wow. love to looking at that view? Um so is there anything that women's uh sought to do and don't during their menstrual fates according mm-hmm. to Ayurveda and what
1: The science behind it cool this one um is my favorite one um but it can be like not controversial but like it's just an interesting thought so the idea is when we're looking at ayurveda we always want to be flowing with the natural movement of energy and so when we're menstruating apana vayu which is the down and out moving of energy is in full force we are you know, releasing the blood down and out um, from our uterus, from our menstruation. So to stop that with a tampon or with a menstrual cup is almost stopping the natural flow of energy. And so Ayurveda really suggests that we just let it flow and work with, you know, menstrual undies, reusable pads, even like conventional disposable pads as a last resort, or even just free bleeding, is one of the most important things that you can do to relieve menstrual symptoms and to also ensure like a healthy menstruation and healthy menstrual cycle as a whole. And on top of that, sex during per- period, you could imagine is, is quite the same thing, that there's this down and out experience. And then especially if we're talking heterosexual, heterosexual sex, where a penis is entering the vagina, that is kind of the opposite of allowing that down and out flow. And I've read and listened to a lot of studies that um of of women that really enjoy sex during menstruation that that have a lot of um, menstrual health issues. And a lot of times the Ayurvedic perspective is pinpointing it towards that, which, yeah, I think that's really, it's a really interesting point It really gets me thinking because for me, it really makes sense that, you know, if the blood is is waste product, according to you know, Ayurveda, it's something that our body no longer actually needs, and that's why it's being wasted out of our body. And that's not to say that we can't use it for anything special like plants, um, but the body no longer needs it. And so if we're not allowing that waste product to take its natural flow out the body, then we're affecting something at some level for sure.
0: Um, mm.
1: So that's an interesting one. It is very interesting.
0: Um, it's also like anything, right? Um, recently, I'm just studying uh, I try, I try, we with talking about how is, you know, the blood flow is going to the hearts and then moving to the lungs and then all this cardiovascular. And it is also when we talk about the urine system, you know, like what happens if the urine doesn't come out? So Absolutely. it's e- the easier all right, with menstrual cycle. It's only women's experience it, but with the urine, it's like even from the babies has experience it, right? So what happens if that is doesn't come out? We literally just giving that force back into our body and i think it's i'm really agree with not having sex during a menstrual phase because first i never do
1: yeah <laughs> um, neither. i just have that
0: boundaries but the secondly it's just like blockages to let that bleeding and blood is just to come out naturally um personally i don't like tendons but i recently experienced just with menstrual cup because i think it's beautiful i'm always connected with my period blood but i never really see it and Mm -hmm. i'm able to touch it Mm -hmm. so i like to use it just like once for you know like for a few hours in Mm -hmm. my diet too when my bleeding is very heavy and then i can just really see it and touch it and reconnect with my blood and then after that that's it you know just let it flow period Mm and is is
1: the best awesome that's great that's a great perspective to have for sure and I think I'll just add on that in Ayurveda we speak of this uh, I can't remember the Sanskrit term but it speaks about like crimes against wisdom of the body and it's kind of what you're talking about about the urine that we should never hold back a natural urge whether that's a sneeze a cough going to the toilet. Like, you know, when we were in school, like we were kind of trained to like hold on to things and wait until lunchtime. And that actually it causes, yeah, like a whole range of issues. And so that if you ever have a natural urge of your body, and I tell all my yoga students all the time, if you need a cough, just bloody cough. I don't care. Like I'd rather you cough than struggle with health issues down the track. (laughs) Um, That, yeah, that's a beautiful teaching as well. It's just to allow natural urges to arise as they do.
0: Mm-hmm. and you can totally see it the big impact with lots of um people especially the truck driver mm. i just you know like because they was driving for hours and hours and it's stuck in traffic yeah and pretty much they're holding the wheel like yeah and it's people it's just come into you know like the Service for health, I and mean, then they just find out, oh, that's because you are just holding your weed, and you know, that's just like simple things, but yeah, yeah, affecting.
1: Take, we take it for granted, that's for sure,
0: yeah, we do. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess. goes. Peggy, we are is on the end of our conversation that I thank you so much, but before we are is ending this, I want to ask you, what is the three things that you are grateful for being a woman?
1: Mm. Mm a great question well the first is the menstrual cycle um I think yeah it's just such a potent period of wisdom um and such a great way that our body communicates to us like I think honestly as women we're so lucky to experience that that we can we can have these conversations with our body in in such a way that we get this like very immediate response that, you know, the state of your menstruation, the state of your PMS symptoms or whatever um, is a direct correlation between, you know, like your stress levels over the last month and how you really handled yourself over the last month. Like what a powerful reflection and that every month as a woman, we get to practice death that we get to practice that complete shedding that complete letting go and and detoxifying and pulling waste out of the body like what what a blessing really um and I I just wish and I hope that you know one day all women will will view it that way because you know when I have conversations with women that that don't it's just it just hurts my heart um but I know it's their own experience and this is mine and that's beautiful as it is. I think the second thing I love about being a woman well, I'm yet to experience it, but probably the miracle of childbirth and and the the miracle that our bodies in some biological way know how to make another life like know how to connect the portal of the ethers bring a soul into our bodies and like manifest it into the physical realm like that is magic that is witchery um so i think that's that's an incredible miracle of 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 womanhood um and i think the last thing is just like being able to flow and adapt and meet with the rhythms of nature and I know that men can do that as well but I think especially as women that we explore not only the circadian rhythm but we explore this this monthly moon cycle that we just uh, have that little bit more experience to connect to the different cycles in this way and that that allows us more depth when exploring the cycles of life exploring the cycles of season exploring the cycles of the day so there are my three things
0: Mm-hmm. powerful I love that thank you again so if the listener want to find you, where they can find you mm-hmm.
1: Um, the easiest way to find me is just through our website. It's omsom.yoga. It's so simple. O-M-S-O-M.yoga. Everything that you could ever need to find about me is there. Otherwise my Instagram is at Page Taylor with two underscores, um, at the end. So that's me and I'd love to connect. Absolutely. Um, even if you have some questions about Ayurveda or if you want to start a conversation about something, yeah, just reach out. I love chatting about it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Peggy.
1: Thank you for uh, having me, Ririn.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Have a great day.
1: I will. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, my love. Mm, sister, thank you
0: for joining us for powerful podcast episode. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Women's Collective Consciousness for the update of our next event, Woman Circle Workshop and Gathering based in Melbourne, Australia i also have a free gift for you to start your menstrual cycle journey check out our website www.womanscollectiveconsciousness.com to reclaim free guide how to cycle chart If you enjoy to listen to this podcast, please share it with other women in your life. And I always learning, thriving, and evolving. So don't forget to leave a review and feedback. Thank you, beautiful.